My name is Hero, bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you are a feisty one for just getting up in the morning. Oh, yeah. I yeah. will always... Yeah, it's like, ding! Yeah. Totally. Whereas you see me first thing in the morning, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I know you. I know you definitely don't look like look like a rosicado when you. No, wake up. I. I mean, no. What did you say? You don't look like a rosicado when you wake up. No, I don't look like a glorious, glowing rosicado, an avocado rosin when I wake up. Um, no. It takes me about an hour <laughs> to ripen. And oh, and Suze is coming on already. Awesome. Oh my god, look at that awesome that profile gorge, photo. Gorgeous. Oh my god, gorgeous. No kidding, right? Oh my god, look at that hair. <laughs> I wish I had those hairs. Oh. Those hairs? <laughs> she had done had her hairs. Hair, those hairs. <laughs> As she looks Hi. Oh, she looks exactly like her photo. Look at that. Oh my god. <laughs> it is so rare for a photograph to represent the actual human. That is so awesome. And it's funny. That's funny. And she's gone. She had it done, had her hairs us. <laughs> there she is. Hi, Suze. Hi, Hello. guys. How's it going? How are you? Good. How are Good. you, Suze? Good. We've, we've started recording already, so I just, I always like to let our guests know, so they're, um, that they're, that they just know that this is already recording. That's good. <laughs> um, and we were just talking about getting up in the morning and how, um, you know, Hero basically can be like this and still have a smile on his face and a swift kick in the pants. And I'm just, I get up first thing in the morning and, you know, my husband does not want to be around me because he knows I'm the grumpiest person in the morning. Like it takes me an hour. <laughs> and two coffees. At least. And a, yeah, well, and I'm almost finished this coffee and I'm like, oh my God, I think I need another coffee. I don't know. But mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, we... Have Susanna Campos. Now, do you say the S in the last? That's a, such a stupid question. Yeah, yeah you, you like Spanish, name. you pronounce every single letter. Yes. So. Well, you do, except for J's are not the uh -huh. way we would say a J. It's it'd be a different ha. sound. Exactly. Like Japan yeah. would be Japon. So, yeah. like, like an X, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but we do pronounce every single letter. Right. Okay, there you go. So, yeah. and for me, now, do you like to go by Suze? Sure. Yeah. Suze sounds good. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just making sure. So Suze is the owner of Iamore and Iamore is a stunning, um, handmade shoe line from, um, Mexico actually. So it's all these like artisans that hand make these, like some of them are have this intricate beading and just like the most stunning shoes. And, and there are all also shoes that are very practical. So not, don't just think they're, I mean, they're beautiful for events and those kinds of things, but also very practical shoes as well. Um, and Sue's, and you got to correct me if I'm wrong, but she imports the shoes to Canada and she works with these people in Mexico that have these just like the most amazing stories to tell. And the whole thing with Sue's is creating this um, storytelling with a product um, that can be, you know, not only, um, like a work of art that you're wearing essentially, but have a story to it and supporting, you know, these people that are working very hard to be creative and to be artists essentially. And she is a powerhouse of a woman, female entrepreneur, which is really exciting too. Um, and that's, that's my, that's my little wee introduction to Suze. And Suze, can you still hear me? Oh, you're muted. That's interesting. Okay, hold on. Suze, wait a second. 
Now are you unmuted? There you go. Okay, you're oh, you were okay. muted for some reason. That's interesting. Yeah, oh, I didn't mute myself, but anyhow, <laughs> I was just letting you speak. Anyways, I wasn't talking, so I was like, oh, no. But then I then I saw your mouth moving, this beautiful mouth moving, and I'm like, I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you nailed it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's been a bit of a journey, but that's basically what I am more is. And another one important thing to mention is that yes. uh, one of the main moderators is to support fair trade. Um, so we Beautiful. always make sure that the manufacturers that I work with, uh, they're supporting fair trade. So what that means is we pay the artisans what they ask for as opposed to what we offer. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, that is and that's so important though, because it's, that's what happens with production, even if it's a startup or if it's a mass manufacturing company, and then you lose the quality of the, the heart of the product, it just becomes something that's calculated as opposed to something that's intentional. That's right. Yeah. That's true. So Susan, Susan, I just for like another little mini introduction, Susan, and I have known each other for my God, what did we say? Um, I think eight, it would be somewhere about eight years, eight years or so. So um, the, the cat's out of the bag. She's actually a very, very good friend. And she is um, the partner, as in, well, spouse, spouse partner of my husband's, one of his absolute best buds um, from high school. So we do go back a little bit here with some history. Um, yeah. And just want, just really wanted to have her on the show. So this is super exciting. Yay. In a whole different capacity. It's very interesting, you know, talking to you. <laughs> about your business in this kind of capacity but super yeah, cool no, thank you so much for inviting me by the way so i really you know feel flattered that you're having me on your show totally so tell us more about again why you wanted to start i am more what was the the intention behind it and um, a little bit about yeah. how it's been so far yeah so um i feel like there were a few different pieces that inspired the idea of i am more uh, one of them, as uh, well, Rachel didn't mention this, but I'm originally from Mexico City. Yes. Uh, so I grew up in one of the largest cities in the world, uh, but grew up in the foodware industry at the same time. So my father had shoe stores, uh, you know, since I remember from before I was born. And then my grandfather was a cobbler. So this is basically a third generation, which also inspired that idea of having people that actually know the industry. Yeah those products from people that mm -hmm. have in the industry for you know three generations and now you imagine these people actually know what a good quality product looks like and, and, mm -hmm. and the work that it takes to create it right the, and the craftsmanship that goes into it mm -hmm. so that was one thing then mm -hmm. uh, when i moved to canada back in 2007 um so what happened there is that i started realizing the differences in one, uh, how the products that were over here were made and the quality of them mm -hmm. and also the prices, right? So what I noticed was that the quality and the materials that were used were not the highest or not, not what I was used to seeing. Um, I think when I started looking at it, you know, leather was, you know, the best or it continues to be really a great material, right? Like it just lasts longer. Yes. Um, so, mm -hmm. and then when I noticed the difference in prices, I thought, well, there's an opportunity here. I can probably start something, but this was back in 2007 and they never thought about, you know, 
starting a business um, and then it started evolving in time when I realized, okay, maybe I can start importing these products and actually provide better quality and better prices. And at the same time, they, I couldn't find any stores that would offer shoes made in Mexico. So everything mm-hmm. was either made in China, the majority, mm-hmm. or, you know, super expensive, also high quality European brands. Yes. Um, so obviously there's, uh, when, it, when you start looking at logistics, when you think about importing products from Europe, you have to actually cross an ocean, right? So that becomes more expensive and obviously you know the knowledge and the and the the experience of cobblers in Europe is you know it's amazing right it's really good Um, Mexico has really really good manufacturers and cobblers as well but then you have you don't have an ocean that you have to cross basically you can actually ship it in a truck Um, so why that's that I find that very fascinating because if if what you're saying to me sounds like if it's quote unquote, easier to, or maybe even less expensive to import or get things from Mexico, then why aren't more people doing that? Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Right? Like, yeah. cause we're, we're all attached. I mean, with Canada, US, like why is, I'm not, not to blame the US because <laughs> they're in the middle, but I wonder, yeah, what, do you, do you have an idea of why that is? Yeah. So when I started doing some research in the market and figuring out, okay, why is it that people or that stores are not carrying these products or importing from Mexico? Mm-hmm. So I found one store, uh, what they did have was uh, cowboy boots. And that was my initial idea. But that was the only place where I found products from Mexico that, you know, where they were proud about, you know, carrying those mm-hmm. products because they realized mm-hmm. it was good, really good quality. But when I started talking to the owner, she told me, well, one, it's really difficult for me because I don't speak the language. So right. that's a problem. Um, so every time I go, it's, you know, I have to go to these trade shows. So you can't communicate with everyone because not everyone in these trade shows will speak English. And mm. if you speak Spanish, that was a problem. But not only that, I think the biggest problem was the cultural differences and more in business. Mm. Um, just as an example, and really quick, I mean, there's a lot of things like, for example, you know, in Latin America, People feel like it's okay to be two or three days late with a delivery. <laughs> yep. So you kind of have to understand that and adapt to that. So you tell them this is the date. So you know you're like a week before. Yeah. You know, for myself, I had to learn that the hard way. Mm. And I couldn't I couldn't say that. I had to say, okay, you know, I needed this date, but really I know that I needed like a week or two later. Because uh. then you know, I didn't want to have any surprises. So if it arrives early, perfect. And mm-hmm. if it's yeah. not ready on time, then I don't, like, I don't, I cannot get mad. I cannot get, you know, become a difficult customer because that's another cultural difference. Mm-hmm. And it's like the customer is not always right. Mm-mm. So you kind of have to treat them, um, you know, in a, dif- in a different way. So mm-hmm. in North America, we used to like always offer, we're always offered like best customer service and we're always right as a customer. So what I learned is like there, it's not always the case. So sometimes yeah. you kind of have to balance things out. Like these guys have really good quality, good experience, uh, production, they deliver on time, they know how to export. Um, you know, they, they have everything, but maybe the customer service is not the best. So I kind of have to adapt to that. Yeah. Those, those little things that you have to understand, plus the language, I think those are the biggest barriers. And that's why people don't deal with Latin American. That's so, 
That's interesting. Yeah. And of course, and you've got like a leg up and all of that because you're, you were born there. So, you know, you know how it, you know, how it works. So that's. Well, you would think so. But the thing is like, I never really had a job in Mexico. I had one job when I was like 17 years right, old. Cause you moved, right. Right. Okay. I moved when I was very young. Well, like officially and for good, I moved when I was 21. So I only uh-huh. had one job. I didn't right. really understand the business culture. So I actually had to learn it too, but the culture itself, I kind of knew it, right? From, you know, helping my dad when I was younger. In I was going to say. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> not you don't child look, you, that does, not you don't look like that at okay. all. No. You don't look like you've been abused at all. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, is too so funny. I think that's one of the main reasons. Well, it's an, and it's an, well, and you know, I mean, here when I talk about a lot on this show about, um, I mean, th- this is the more of the negative side of things, but generational trauma, but just generational, like in your DNA and your blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's, it's a part of your family and your family's history. Yeah. Like you set the cobbler and being in the shoe business in the industry. So it's kind of just in a way there's a definitely an, an innate quality that's in you that maybe you never even knew and you tap into it. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> Hi, Adrian. Once in a blue moon, right? Once in a blue moon, you'll see my husband just kind of in the screen trying to sneak around our, our Zoom um, episodes. That's hilarious. He should, come, he should come in more often. Oh, God, Hero. Okay, we're going to stop there. Hero's got a little crush on my husband. <laughs> He's an handsome guy, so... <laughs> one day one day well maybe he'll show his face but in any way let's get back to what we were talking about um <laughs> yeah. yeah I go ahead yeah so I think that one of the main things is that my parents really believed in the business because yes. it's always like everybody needs shoes so there's one thing that people will always be buying is shoes so mm-hmm. it's a very they call it like a very humble industry because you don't really have to fight that hard for it now no. that was back in the day you have a good location and you sell shoes, you know, you're not guaranteed, but you, you're most likely going to get enough sales, right? Right. Um, yeah. You know how to choose your product and you really have to have a good eye on like what your uh, market is, is needing or is looking to buy. Yes. But in general, it wasn't, it was like my parents believed that it was a humble industry so that everybody needed shoes so everybody would continue to buy shoes. Yeah. They knew their seasons, right? When kids are going back to school, they needed more shoes for that specific reason. Mother's Day, Christmas, right? Like they kind of knew their seasons. Right. So because they believed in and they believed in it so much, I I was I believed in it too, right? So I was like, no, like this is a great business. <laughs> yes. And the other, so the and then you kind of touched on something, um, just talking about I was just thinking now, nowadays how things are being run. Um <laughs> he's leaving. Okay, bye. now nowadays you know that practically almost everything is online now we're heading in that direction just with this global pandemic that we're dealing with how because I know I know since the very beginning you never necessarily you never really wanted I mean I'm probably just putting words in your mouth but you never wanted a brick and mortar location necessarily like you always your your um idea or platform was always going to be either online or shoe parties which I remember in the very beginning was like that but how are you feeling like things are 
progressing now? Are you feeling worried? Are you like as an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, just with, you know, and also like, I was just wondering, I'm sorry, Hero's just sitting there like, just, he's like, just taking it all in. Um, but also, so that's one question I have. And the other one is when it comes to importing these things, like how much more difficult is that now with the mm -hmm. pandemic? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to shipping products, it's like, I mean, it's, it might take a little bit longer, but that's not, honestly, that's not the biggest problem. Have the prices gone up, though? Um, or? Not, no, okay. I mean, a little bit, but it's not, like, huge. And we're, because that's good. the volume has slowed down a little. Right. So you don't, like, we're not shipping a lot. So okay. it hasn't made a huge, huge impact. But with the change of what you were mentioning about like now everything's online so a few yeah. things happen and you're right like from the very beginning uh, the idea or the business model was to never have first of all i never want to have a, a brick and mortar store because i knew how stressful it was to have to piece <laughs> so i'm like i'm not going to get into that uh, so one thing that i think i got right <laughs> um I've, I've been there and uh, with a yoga studio. That can be a whole other episode. But yeah, I get you. I got it. Yeah. So, I mean, you understand, you know, what, like knowing that you have to pay a lease every month is very stressful. Mm -hmm. Starting the business itself is stressful as it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, so adding that stress is just, I, I couldn't imagine it. Because especially when, when it's your first time, I feel like there's a lot of things that you will discover uh, in, in that journey there's a lot of things that you, you didn't even think about that you were going to run into. Like I oh, never yeah. even thought that marketing was going to be such a huge part. Digital marketing was going to be such a huge oh. part of the business. Right. Uh, because initially, like you said, what I wanted to do was just have this network uh, or direct sales type of business model where women would uh, have the ability to make a commission and basically start their own business without mm -hmm. having to put all the capital in and invest a huge mm -hmm. amount into products so the product will be there for them and they will start selling to their friends and family kind of like a multi-level marketing but that was one of the things that i was kind of fighting in the beginning for people to understand it wasn't that model it mm -hmm. was a sales model um but then i started to get people um asking oh where's your online store and mm. it was a awesome question do you have an online store i love your shoes they're so pretty they're so different they're unique <laughs> But can I just buy them later in your store? And I'm like, well, that's not the business model that I was planning for. But you have to adapt, right, as you go. Yeah. And not having that burden of having to pay a lot of, you know, or have a lot of expenses in your business allows you to adapt in time based on what you see that you the market requires. That's true. Well, it does because when it comes to sales channels and stuff, and I, and I work in retail, you've got your brick and mortar, you've got your e-commerce, you've got your wholesale, and then you've got your affiliates and you've got everything else. So, you know, it, you can definitely be successful in having all those channels active, but also there's many companies that are strong in just one sales channel or one or two maybe, right? So that also plays a big part in your planning for your business and your revenue and your capital gain and your return on investments. So that way, when you do set up your, your revenue streams, you know, okay, if I'm selling footwear, you know, 
I would say shoes are pretty easy to measure, you know, you won't know until you try them on, but a lot of footwear, you can get a good idea of what it's going to fit like, so you can easily ship it, you know, and then people will do enough through social media and through promotion and through their own word of mouth re referral, which is honestly the strongest marketing if you want people to actually retain and then come back to have new products that are purchased from your product line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and then you're totally right. Like when it, when it comes to channels, that that's another thing, right? Because my initial channel was to do it through this uh, gatherings, or I call them boutique nights. Yeah. But as the market started to ask, you know, a, 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 an online store, then all of a sudden the channels you have so many options. You can sell in your online store, redesign your own thing, or you can do direct sales. Or sometimes people would be like. I want to come to your location. I'm like, mm -hmm. I but I had to adapt the space so people could come and like try them on once in a while in the beginning. Um, and then all of a sudden you have Amazon and you have Instagram and you yes, Facebook, Facebook. So there's so many channels. And what happens is as a, as an entrepreneur, like, or, you know, solopreneur in the beginning, it's really hard <laughs> to manage all of the channels. So you kind of have to choose one or two. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah. it, becomes, it becomes too much to keep track of. Totally. So, yeah. And then, I mean, if you're going to open, open up those channels, you also have to be prepared with like good customer service. So it just, it, it oh, becomes yeah. quite complex once you start thinking about what online or e-commerce means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry, go ahead. I, no, I just want to say, because in addition, because I'm just thinking about brands that have grown, that have developed, that have become viral and that have had to like, aggressively meet the needs of their client base that they are probably thrilled to have, but didn't know it's like, it's like, uh, like Vessi footwear is a good example. And you look at like all the stuff they've had to do and you see their Facebook, you see their Instagram, you see their, their website, you see their e-commerce and having like email sent to you about, Oh, Hey, like you missed something in your inbox. Like, oh, do you God. want it? It's right. Exhausting. It's, right. So it's exhausting when you have to keep up with that. And so I can imagine that in your situation right now, as you're growing your brand, you know, these are things that might come up, things that might also develop and things you might pivot depending on where you want to take the growth of your brand and your product. Yeah. And, and what happens is the market is not very forgiven. Like think about it. Mm -hmm. If you reach out to a brand and say, Hey, I'm interested in this and you don't respond right away or you take a day to respond like, you know, they're not interested anymore. They might not, mm -hmm. like, they just don't get back on it. You have yeah. to up all these channels. Yep. It become overwhelming. Um, but eventually, again, you kind of have to narrow, narrow it down. Um, mm -hmm. I really, I've been focusing a lot on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is, you know, one of those channels that is very, very visual, gives you the ability to tag your products, etc. But at the yeah. same time, in order to kind of grow an audience and you want to do it organically, you have to um, start, you have to create content. So that's another part of the business that demands a lot of time. Like yeah. it's investment of time. I was going to ask you what platform you find has been working the best for you these days. And you, you think Instagram's probably yeah, Instagram better. Yeah. Are definitely the best for so me. So you said Instagram and email marketing. So email marketing. Okay. Uh, so if you start, like I, in the beginning, I was, I started building my email list, uh, you know, from customers and hmm. I had a catalog that I used to print off and I would upload it onto the site or the website uh, because I didn't have an online store. So I had the catalog there, but people couldn't shop 
Mm -hmm. So the only way for them to look at the products was to actually download that. They have to give me their email address, <laughs> my email list that way. And I think that's the most important channel you can have because those are contacts that you own, right? Those are right. Whereas in your social media platforms, you you don't like they can just shut you down any day because they didn't like something you said and you lose all your following. So mm. yeah, so email email I think is one of the the like most important ones, like I can note, I notice a change in traffic in the store when I when I have email marketing or email campaigns going out. Um, social media is definitely something that is constantly, you know, uh, attracting new eyes. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, paid ads has to be part of it. And, but you have to have a really good website if you want to start paying for ads because you don't want to be wasting that money. So mm. I've definitely, to be honest, I think with this business, I never thought that I was going to learn so much about digital uh, marketing. But what is so surprising and, and so, I don't know, what, what COVID has also brought um, to, to our lives now, like any business needs net digital marketing now. Oh, yeah applies to everybody right so yeah you want people to find out about your brand you have to be digital because mm-hmm. people are not going out as much right yeah and then it's it's just become like but with that being said it's just uh to get that that space online is just so much more competitive now yes. as well so uh like your pay-per-clicks or your like i i feel like maybe people are having to invest a bit more money now than they than they did before to get seen is that do you think that's the case as well uh well you know in the beginning of the pandemic actually it went down because yeah. people were turning off their campaigns so the cost for advertising on social media was was lower it started to level out um you know as the pandemic went through or right you know, but so what happens is like because you you really niche it down right so it's not so much, I find that it's not so much about the cause, but about like being really good at targeting. Yes. Um, you know your niche and you're really good at targeting and you're really a really good copywriter and you have really good photography or really good video, then, then you have better results and obviously your cost goes down. But again, that's another investment, right? You kind of have to either yeah. be good at it or I would say just definitely outsource it. But then you have to learn how to manage people. So. Oh, yeah. So every, everything and every decision comes with like a new skill that you have to either learn or develop. So, but it's great. I mean, it's as you grow, uh, you know, personally and professionally, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it's not one of the things that, you know, that happened to me in the beginning of the pandemic. I was just so devastated because I had, my pipeline was full with like boutique nights and so many mm. people were excited about the new collection and wanted to have their parties. And all of a sudden, everything started canceling, canceling, canceling. I canceled probably about 25 parties. Oh, my gosh. Those, those, yeah, it hurt, right? Because you put so much time and effort building the collection, um, you know, booking these parties, uh, recruiting people. And all of a sudden, you have to cancel everything. So your efforts just went into the trash can. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 100%. And I feel like those that, those that have been able to, like yourself, like rise above and are adaptable, are going to thrive through this and pass this. And that's, I think, where, you know, the, the quality, the mental capacity or quality of being adaptable and being, 
strong and rising above the flames. I mean, this, this is really, this is really a huge test for small business owners. Yeah. Right. Like either, and I am, and we're all taking a big deep breath when I said that because, because <laughs> it's, de- it has been very devastating for a lot of small business owners, especially those brick and mortar locations. Like it's been absolutely devastating, but mm-hmm. for those that are able to rise above and, and eventually thrive again, it's, it's, I think maybe they'll be even more successful than they were before. I mean, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's well, not having that burden of having to pay for a brick and mortar, like yes, at least true. Like you know, it gives you that flexibility to to uh, pivot or to change your business model and adapt. Um, but even with that, like what you're saying is so right. Uh, I feel like those that continue to just try and not give up because it's so easy to just when they say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Exactly. Or sometimes you just cash flows, like don't allow you to continue. So you have to stop it. Um, but you know, I've seen, I've seen stores that have a brick, that had a brick and mortar, actually one store, you know, in Kelowna had a brick and mortar store. And they said, you know what, the pandemic started, we cannot sustain this. Yeah. Let's move on to have only our online store and they're doing great. So that's a matter of, I think sometimes making the right decision at the right time mm-hmm. uh, or myself, I think, you know, that has given me the ability to just chill not be super stressed, take my time to actually adapt and figure it out what's, what's going to work now because the world has changed in a big way. Yeah. And being willing to, to change because a lot of people, like you said, they might just be like, no, you know, just not, not going to do it. And it's, it's a whole shift in your perception and your mindset. So it's, that's, it's not easy. Definitely not at all. I just want to go back um, a little bit to your actual product. And I, I just think it's so cool that you have, and I've seen some of your videos where you've actually gone to Mexico when it was safe to travel and, yeah. you've, and you've been there and you've gone and you've seen these artisans making like you, you're, you really dive deep into the stories, into the culture, into mm-hmm. the, and I can, I can sense the pride you have. And it's just, it's inspiring. And it's, uh, it's, it makes, I think it makes me uh, hopefully others more excited to buy your product because we know how excited and how passionate you are, but also, you know, the passion that goes into mm-hmm. the hands of these people that are making the product. And it's so cool. So how do you, how did you find these people? Like, how do you, how do you, it just, it's just so fascinating. Like, did you, how do you source out these people? Yeah. Your product. Yeah. Good question. So in the beginning, because, you know, I started this business and I talked to my dad about it and I said, this is what I want to do. And he had been in the business for decades. Right. So I kind of knew where where to start. So there's like some of the biggest uh, shoe or footwear trade shows in Mexico. One of them is in Leon, which is, it's known as the uh, shoe capital of the world, believe it or not, because there's huh. so many fact- manufacturers there. Like, mm. it's unbelievable. Like, this show, you could not finish seeing every booth in, in like, the, the entire three days that the show the shows goes on for. And what's the what's the city called, you said? Leon. Leon. Leon, but... Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So, I started there, and, um, you know, it was really interesting. One of my cousins actually send me a picture of some shoes and she's like, Oh my gosh, look at these shoes. They're handcrafted and you know, they're artistic. And I looked at them and I was like, Oh, they're so beautiful. So I was like, I need to find them. So I started looking for them. They were not online. They were not on social media. 
Hmm. We were just starting out. And so I went to this trade show and I knew that somehow I had to find them. So I can't remember even how I found out that they were actually in Guadalajara. So I went to the trade show in Guadalajara in the hope that I would find that manufacturer. Yeah. Went there, they weren't there. And <laughs> they got this little mini booth. It was just like, there was nobody there. It was just kind of like a display in the middle of a trade oh, show. Oh, wow. Some business cards. And I'm like, this is the brand that I'm looking for. Last business card, crap. <laughs> Call the call the owner and I say, hey, I'm really interested in, in you know looking at your product, and she said like, yeah, come come to my location, and she had her business in home house basically. Wow, and that's, that's how you start. Like she started yeah. by having her business inside her house, but it was a beautiful product. She knew or she tested a number of um, different manufacturers to get to the quality that she wanted, and yeah, we started a relationship, and then another brand it was out of Leon and you know it was just basically going through booths and interviewing people and again there's different things that I have to consider one of them making sure they they could handle the exporting process yes uh, because you know I had I had I had a couple of experiences where they just couldn't import it because they were they either they either didn't know how to do it or they were not willing to um, get into or learning and figuring out how to export it it's not that difficult if you're not exporting big amounts of product, mm. but if they're not willing to get into that uh, area, then they're just happy with, you know, their local market, then right. you can enforce them, right? Mm -hmm. so, sure. Yeah, no, and like, believe it or not, like you think like, oh, somebody wants to buy my product from another country and I'm super <laughs> excited. Yes, of course, let me figure this out. But not everyone is as eager. It's too much work, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a market. And that could be another reason maybe why you don't see as many shoes um, or any products here that are made in Mexico, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because people yeah. are, you know, like, like to be, to be fair, Mexico's a great country for commerce. Um, actually, when we go down, uh, my husband always mentions that, oh my God, there's so much commerce everywhere in every corner. So, because there's, yeah, you have the ability to do more things. It's not as regulated, so you can't sell from your house. Like you can I just shop in a corner. You right. know, so, so people people are just used to having just a ton of commerce everywhere. So, and I mean, it's a country a country of one hundred and ten people, one hundred ten million people. Yeah, if you compare, yeah. It, for example, Canada, <laughs> we're so spread out, and the yes. is, you know the market is not as big, so. Why would you, right? It's true. Yeah. So you're like, okay, maybe getting into the U.S. So a lot of manufacturers are selling to, you know, California or Florida. So the south uh, states of, of uh, the United States, but the population, the market is there, right? And the of weather, course. there's just so many factors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're not much closer to Mexico. Yeah. But that's how I go about finding them. Just went to the trade shows, you know, Couple yeah. times with my dad, and he uh, made a few introductions. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, and you know, finding my own as well. And you just have to look for them. That's amazing. Yeah, I was so, go ahead here. I was like, "Do you no, want to say?" Your mouth was like partly open. <laughs> it was like, uh, 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 "No." Oh. I w I was gonna say <laughs> so with having understanding of 
the origin of the brand and the the ethics behind it and what it's going to right now, um, where would you like to see the brand develop? Like if you could take a snapshot in even a year from now or a couple years from now, where would you like to see the the growth of IMOR? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel like what I've been lacking and I need to get a better grasp on is um, understand the, the influencers, uh, influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many influencers out there, but uh, it's, it's great. I mean, they're great. Not, not everyone is all about posing and having half naked pictures. There's some good influencers out there that like to do my head because, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and, you know, they have their own market and that's okay. Yeah, true. But, but I need to find those influencers that could actually help the brand because that's a way to grow on social media these days. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am a strong believer in the fact that the, the new currency today is, is your audience. So if you don't grow your audience, uh, if you don't start growing your audience today, you're going to be just so behind, right, in five years from now. Right. So mm-hmm. work, and one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't want to give up because it's because there's so much work that goes into putting the word out there and getting that following and getting people to know your brand. Um, so these influencers do a lot of work in growing their following. And if I can find those that can actually help IMOR uh, put that word and that message out um, on behalf of the brand and, and just communicate all the things that inspire me to create the brand, which is, you know, loving the craftsmanship and loving art and appreciating the, the tradition behind what you're wearing and having a story to tell when somebody yes. tells you, oh, those are beautiful shoes or that's a beautiful mm-hmm. hat or I love your jewelry. Where do you get it from? I, I think, you know, people have to start taking pride in what they were and leave aside a little bit like, you know, the consumerism part of it, like where it's just like got more and more and more. I feel like we're getting to a new stage where people are starting to realize less is more yes so true you have to have better quality just a few things uh, over tons of variety that is just going to go into garbage every Mm -hmm. month Um, because i mean it's not good for earth right local producers we're not supporting local businesses so there's so many things that actually uh, are a benefit to society and to the environment um by just making those conscious decisions. So I think there's influencers out there that can do that for the brand. And I like mm-hmm. to be able to find those and make strategic decisions when it comes to investing in those influencers. Yeah. Uh, yes. Th- those are the ones that are going to carry the message. So yeah. I do have to like become better at that, but that's where I see the brand. I see the brand being one that is uh, carried out by influencers that are actually focused on that, that message. Um, less is more quality, um, you know, supporting those artisans because this this art that we that that we are portraying on these shoes is just something that that they bring from generations ago, right? And you don't so want to, cool. yeah. If we don't support it, mm-hmm. it's just gonna die. And it's something so beautiful, like, and and you know, again, it's, I don't think it's so much about being from Mexico myself. Maybe there's a little bit there, but when I when I talk to the artisans and I talk to 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 the to the producers as well and how much they love how the tradition has evolved and how they maintain it and you know these people are still even dressing in their old clothes from you know um you know their their hometowns it's just 
like, oh my gosh, you should maintain this. It doesn't mean you're staying behind, but like showcase your art. Yes. Showcase, um, that history, right? That is so rich. Don't let it die. So again, and then also, you know, supporting for trade because there's people that actually love and have a passion for this, uh, for this uh, art. And, and you can support them and provide them with a better like lifestyle, better opportunities, right? Like maybe they can send their kids to better schools or you name it, right? Have a better house, but yeah. giving them the opportunity to continue to do what they love while providing their families with a better lifestyle. I think that's mm -hmm. another thing. So anyways, to your question, five years from now, that's what I want someone that helps me carry out that message, but mm -hmm. I need to figure out how to find them and how to make strategic decisions when it comes to investing in those influencers. Absolutely. This is, this is, I feel like almost, it doesn't have to be necessarily in the fashion industry. Uh, this episode is just been so full of some really juicy for lack of better word, um, tips and not even just tips, but just insights insights oh my goodness into entrepreneurialism small business you know mm -hmm. just how people are navigating the times right now and what is really important and i think you really hit the nail on the head about you know people are people are more concerned about the environment these days they are more um passionate i feel and more supportive of small business of mm -hmm. you know quality over quantity or over those kinds of things um yeah, I think it's all those, I mean, you just hit the nail on the on the head, I think, with all those topics. I know, and the shopaholic in me is never going to go away. So for those that need someone to buy multiple products of their product line and in one go, you can hit me up because I will still continue <laughs> to binge on your product if I love it. You wear heels, Hero? Have you ever worn heels? Yeah, I have. But I they, but talked about this before. Sorry, I've worn I've worn heels, um, but they've been they've been constructed for a men's foot though. So like, I haven't actually worn women's heels, even like for like the try. Like, I mean, I haven't done drag or anything like that. But I know that my my feet just wouldn't wouldn't take to it. Um, but I've I've worn like Fluvog men's heels. I have a few pairs of John Fluvog men's heels that I've worn. So I have like one that's like cool. two and two and a half inches, and I have one that's four inches, which I've worn like twice. twice. Wow. Just, I, I just wanted to have a pair of men's heels where I'm like, if yeah. I want to put these on, even though now that I've got such a yoga body and my awareness and my awareness of my body and stuff and how sensitive it is to like the slightest thing, I, I kind of joke if I put them on and I was to walk in them for half an hour that my hips would pop out and I would be like an oblong. Like my hips would just be like, nope, bye. I'm <laughs> <laughs> used to it. And then that's another thing that I've been actually Funny. having trouble with because the fashion industry is totally moving towards like just flat shoes, sneakers. Yeah. 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 Because the weather doesn't help you like, you know, when you want to wear high heels. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the fashion industry just moving more towards comfortable shoes and mm -hmm. I think high heels are just so beautiful and it just polish up your whole outfit. Yes. You, know, you it makes you feel totally. Taller. It uh, gives you sometimes better posture if, you know, actually manage to walk on them. Yeah. <laughs> Having that um, or pra not practicing, but just wearing sh shoes, high, high heels on a regular basis definitely helps you, you know, wear them better. <laughs> yeah. But if people don't practice it, like it, it's happened to me where we were traveling for six months and I wasn't wearing high heels because we we're always exploring and walking. And one day we're out like to an event and I wear my high heels and I felt like, wow, like, do I know how to walk on high heels anymore? Yeah. 
I can totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, you just got to work it, honey. You just got to work it, Dan. 100%. And then here, you just said something about, um, you're like, well, I don't do drag or anything. Have you had any requests or any, um, any, I just feel like your shoes are just, not that they're flashy, they're not, they're beautiful, they're gorgeous. But have you had Thank any, you. any drag or anyone approach you to, yeah? Yeah, no. I I do. Oh, uh, I'm like, talking to Suze. Sorry. Oh, Suze, sorry. Sorry. I, I got confused. Sorry, like, I'm like, like, what? I was just referring no, back to okay. what you said. And then, okay. yes. Got it. Okay, yeah. Sorry, Suze. Go ahead. <laughs> no worries. Uh, no, I, I do. So I do get I do get requests. Uh, they cool. you know, didn't want to wear high heels because they're so artistic and, you know, the colors are so bright and then they yes. just love them. That's a perfect influencer for you, for sure. The right yeah. drag queen with the right reach. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That is so true. So, again, it's just different things to explore, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the problem is, uh, so, I mean, I don't know if it's something you guys know already, but when you order shoes as a, as a store, for mm. example, you have to order kind of like sizes, right? So, mm. normally, the manufacturer will have uh, you know, their production from size six to size 10. Yep, correct. But in order to go to size 11, 12 or 13, it just costs so much money because you have to create like a new form for mm, it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I, sh I wish I could, you know, just actually, I don't have it here, but the form that they use has to be actually, it's like a mold. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the last. That makes sense. And they're so expensive that in order to make it economical, you have to make so many of them before you can actually make money as a manufacturer. Right. So whenever you want a bigger size and you have to go through that entire process, then the cost of that shoe just, you know, goes through the roof. It just becomes really expensive because the manufacturer is going to be like, okay, you're going to have to cover my cost for making the orm and just making one pair. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's almost Good like custom made. Yeah, so it would almost have to be like a completely different line, maybe, or different. It would be a whole different, yeah. That, yeah it that it would sense. be custom. It would be like yeah. bespoke. Yeah. The custom made, or like you're saying, Rach, like you have to create or produce, I don't know, 50 pairs for it to be economical and have right. that sell, right? Yeah. So, and I feel really bad that I think that's one of the problems um, that some people might have when they have a, a size, they're a size 11 or a size five, even sometimes five and a half. They yeah. have such a hard time finding shoes, but that's the reason why. And, you know, as much as you want to fill that gap, the market is not, it's not big enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although sure. I prefer it because I do get a lot of requests. They are like, oh, do you have size 11? Do you have size 12? Do you have size five? And I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah, no, that could be an issue for sure. Um, one, one of my last maybe questions for you, and it's, it is not really necessarily along the lines of, of shoes, but um, how, like, do you miss Mexico? Uh, no, or not. Not anymore. Like just the difference between here. I know it's been a number of years, but you know, yeah, just, I was just curious, just culture-wise, because even, sorry, but just going back to something you said before, you were talking about how, you know, cool it is, people that you visit, they don't let their history or their culture go, like, they're really immersed, they, they, they you know, you don't want to forget it, um, you want it to still live and breathe and, and be there for the generations that are to come, and sometimes I feel like in North America, we don't, we don't hold on to those traditions as much. 
Yeah, so, no, that is true. That is true. Um, yeah. I think, you know, one of the reasons, and I think we had a discussion before, is that we're such a melting yes. pot, right? Yes. So everybody comes with different cultures, different traditions. So it's not like everybody's the same, you know, everybody kind of practice the same religion or have like a tradi traditional food that you always make in the country. So everybody has their own thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not such a thing of like, oh, like we have very few things like Thanksgiving. Okay, we celebrate, well, everybody celebrates at the same time. But to be honest, like that's something I didn't used to like celebrate in Mexico. So that's something I adopted when I moved to Canada. Right. And I, that's one of the things that people have to kind of adopt as they move to Canada. But you're totally right. Like in Mexico, those traditions are so homogeneous. Like everybody kind of practices the same. The majority of people are Catholic. Um, you know, the weather is fairly the same across the country. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the history there just dates back to, you know, Aztec times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you learn and know a little bit about the history uh, uh, pre-conquest, it's just so rich, right? And so much to learn. And you start understanding a lot of the things uh, or a lot of the things that kind of frame that, like the today's mentality of people, like believe it or not. And we've talked about it, like yeah. those generational traumas, but generational knowledge as well. Yeah. Traditions yeah. that you start, you pass on generation uh, through generation. That's something that sticks and is really hard to get rid of. Like I, and, and you don't want to get rid of it, right? Like there's still things that I do that I learned from my mom and I know my mom learned from, from her mom and so on. Uh, but those are beautiful things and they're very family oriented and that's great. Like, you know, whenever I go, I feel like families get together and they're like, oh, you should come. We're going to have a family gathering. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's that's something that feels, that feels really nice. Um, and another thing is, realizing your ability to adapt as well um, because the culture is so different here. So I feel like I'm operating yeah. one system when I'm here. And when I go down to Mexico, I kind of have to switch my operating system and be like, oh, different culture. I have to interact in different ways, speak a different right. language, interact with people in a different way, speak right. in their own mentality, which, yeah. you know, it's just different. It's not like worse or better. It's just different. Yeah. That's a good, that is a very good point. Yeah. Huh. Amazing. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I do miss certain things, you know, that's funny. A friend of mine, we're just down uh, in Mexico in July. Yes. Uh, and my friend was like, you don't make, miss Mexico? I'm like, no, not so much. And then she starts bringing out like the tacos and the flautas and all the good food. And I'm like, okay, maybe I do miss it a lot. <laughs> and I miss this cheese and I miss the quesadillas yeah maybe I miss a few things yeah but oh. you know when you don't see it like I don't I don't how does how, how does it say uh, out of sight out of mind, out of mind. yeah yes yeah yeah oh. That's true it's been so awesome oh. getting to know you a little bit Rachel has been just gagging about you for the last several weeks and gagging? In the in the in the queer world, like in the drag race kind of culture, gagging, it's like, oh my god, it's so incredible. Like I just can't even breathe. Like you're gagging. I you just do term. that more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not like a ball gag. Nothing. I nothing, know it was like gagging. Gross. Like no. that doesn't sound no. okay. I get it. I get it. No. Like, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. It was like like I'm it was like I'm gagging for more, you know. Like, I oh see. my god. Okay. It's like saying they're clamped, basically. 
But um, yes, I mean, she's said so much incredible things about you and your brand, and it's nice to see you um, virtually, at least in person, and to learn more about what you're doing, where you're going, what you're um, inspired by. And one of the things that we love to share with our guests, kind of like a little fun question is, if you were a fruit juice, what would you be and why? A fruit juice? First thing that pops into your mind. Okay, I would be natural, like fresh pressed orange juice. Ooh, <laughs> okay, how come? Specifically natural, yeah. Yeah, well, one is natural. It's so good. Like if it's just freshly pressed and like you just drink it, like that's how I grew up. You know, you just go to the corner and find a guy that's making juices in the corner. Oh, oh, down their oranges and they give it to you and it's so fresh. And then sometimes it's like, oh, like you want it with a little bit of mandarin. And so they, how much? And they would just kind of custom make your orange juice to oh, what? Delicious. So, um, yeah, that's why. And I, and it will be like my breakfast. So. Oh, oh now I want orange juice. I do have orange juice in the fridge. I'm glad. I, I want breakfast. Have it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Rach? Yeah, I said, we know that. Did you just say, I want to have breakfast or haven't had breakfast? I want breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you're hilarious. Well, I see, am. Thank, thank you. Thank you again so, so much. I'm hoping that, um, you know, this episode will also give people some insight and, like I said before, some tips, some knowledge to assist them during these times. Um, and not only that, but to assist and help their feet. So hopefully, um, well, not hopefully, but we will put your website um, connected to this episode and mm -hmm. your Insta handle and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah. So thank you, no, thank you so much guys for having me and for, you know, this is a way to support small businesses. So that's Absolutely. one thing that I also like to do and that we do in the small business community is like the more we are in each other's channels and present each other on our podcast or lives, uh, the more exposure we get and it's a way to support each other mm -hmm. and kind of get out of like that, uh, cap capitalist bubble of only buying from Amazon. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah. so that no, you know absolutely. let's just make the effort and support each other so i really appreciate you guys are doing this and i mean i know you're not doing just with me and with other people so <laughs> that's you guys are doing this thank you you're thank so you. welcome thank you for that and we really wish you the best of luck and keep in touch with us and whatever we can do to support you and your brand and your growth of who you are we are right there with you thank you thanks guys and all the best to your podcast as well Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Take guys. care. Bye. 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 Thank you.